Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Tuesday, August the 31st. We have made it to the end of the month. I don't know if that is a good thing or not a good thing, but brothers and sisters, we are grateful. I am grateful that you are here uh, with me today and uh, ready to open up God's Word. I also have somebody else with me here today who is a special guest, Eileen Piper. Uh, Eileen is so wonderful, and I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about herself, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about Eileen, too. So uh, let's see what she says, and then I'll counteract it with some other things. So Eileen, would you introduce yourself to us all? So happy to introduce myself to my good brother. You won't know this by my by my last name, but I am Joe's sister. And uh, yep, so we have known each other for our whole lives, You're and it's yep, that's right. it's been spectacular. Um, so besides growing up with Joe and growing up in River Falls, Wisconsin, I've um, been able to live in different parts of the country, but um, right now I'm Joe's next door neighbor. And um, yeah, I work for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, which is a wonderful organization that is all about raising up missionary disciples, originally on college campuses, but I have the glory of working um, with this mission and carrying it into Catholic parishes across the country. So that's what I'll say about me. Well, and, and again, I'm so glad Eileen talked about how FOCUS, which is this fellowship of Catholic university students, isn't just focused on the, the university students, but that whole idea that all of us, brothers and sisters, are called to be missionary disciples. And what we're going to read from today is a letter that really focuses on that. But before we do, I have to tell you a little bit about Eileen. So Eileen, of course, um, was is, well, I was going to say was my big sister, which still is. Um, and uh, Eileen and I, this woman, this is her goodness, I'm telling you. She spent a month with me through rain or shine on the back of my motorcycle we went up to Alaska and back. She rode on the back. We camped out. We had peanut butter sandwiches just about every day for lunch. For literally, I am not lying, for the first two weeks, and this was when we left Wyoming, so we both lived out west at that time. From when we went to, from Wyoming up to Alaska, it rained every day, every day. Not the whole day, but every day it rained somewhere. And there we were just, you know, trooping on through it. And this woman was with, well, not right beside me, but with me, and was the first person to hear uh, after I asked my beloved wife uh, to marry me, and she was there to celebrate with us. So that's how good she is, and uh, and how holy and uh, and wonderful. And yes, she we not only live right next to each other, she works in the building right uh, right behind me, and that's where her office for Focus is. So Eileen has been in ministry for many years. She was the first one to greet our uh, uh, oldest son Seamus, and uh, and just uh, it's it's a blessing to have her in my life. It's a blessing to have her here to share her wisdom and depth, and she's got plenty. So let's uh, let's break open God's word. So we're not going to do the gospel today. I, I introduced Luke to you yesterday, and that was a long enough podcast that's going to have to sit with you till tomorrow. But uh, today we're going to branch out to the last part of uh, this reading Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica or Thessalonica. I've heard it both ways. You choose what you like better. But when you hear that Paul wrote a letter to this church, he actually wrote two 
letters to the church in Thessalonica. Uh, don't think church in our modern day term. Don't think big building, you know, 700 families, all that. Think small. Uh, house church, probably, you know, no more than 20 or 30 people. This was just, this is the infancy of the church. And, uh, and this is Paul laying those seeds for what will grow into where you and I are today. And this is amazing. So the scripture itself, 1 Thessalonians, so the, the first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians, uh, chapter 5, verses 1 to 6, 9 to 11. Now, when we talk about it, we may not stick just to that. We're going to kind of talk a little bit about the whole letter. But verses 1 to 6, 9 to 11, okay? Let's break open God's Word. A reading from the Holy... Well, no, it's not the Holy Gospel. A reading from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. Concerning times and seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need for anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief at night. When people are saying peace and security, then sudden disaster comes upon them, like labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, for that day to overtake you like a thief. For all of you are children of the light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as the rest do, but let us stay alert and sober. For God did not destine us for wrath, but to gain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, as indeed you do. My friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I'm going to turn this microphone over to Eileen. Uh, when I talked to her about a week ago, I said, Eileen, I'd love you to be a guest on the pod. Uh, look at the Gospels coming up. See what, what strikes you. And let's talk about it. Just let me know. And she emailed back and said, Joe, I love Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. Can we talk about that? And it's running out soon because tomorrow it's, we start Colossians. So, uh, so I'm like, hey, how does Tuesday sound? She's like, I'm in. So I'm going to turn it over to her. Eileen, tell me what in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, what speaks to your heart? What, what gives you life? What excites you about what Paul is doing here? Uh Thank you, Joe. And I hope that this is a, a great conversation. So I'm going to start off, first of all, um, this letter is spectacular. And I have to give a shout out right off the bat to Karen Hennings, because it was in like this group conversation that we were having that she suggested that we all dive into the letter of the first letter to Thessalonians. And I'm so glad she suggested it because I'll tell you, I just like just I just kept going deeper and deeper in it. And so first of all, I'm going to start off not in the first letter to Thessalonians, but instead in John's gospel. And in John's gospel, um, one of the chapters I've been praying with, if, if you haven't prayed with this chapter, mercy, like it's just, it's so glorious. But um, John chapter 15, and I've been spending time particularly with verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit 
and that your fruit should abide. It's just so, like, it just takes my breath away. And I think especially as I reflect on um, Pope Francis's call for all of us to live as missionary disciples, this feels to me like it's, it is, here it is. It's not the Great Commission, as in, you know, the portion of the Gospels where we see the Great Commission, but it's the Great Commission. He's calling us to live as missionary disciples and calling us to live in our faith in a way that it doesn't just stay with us, but we're sharing it with others. And as we live it with others, like they catch the fire and they start sharing it with others. And that's what I see in the first letter to the Thessalonians. That's Paul instructing the people how to live as missionary disciples. So I want to just dive right in here real quick. So Eileen just um, talked about John chapter 15, which is part of, and we did this earlier on the pod, if you remember, it's part of Jesus's uh, bread of life, or not bread of life, uh, the, the Last Supper discourse, which is five chapters. But after, in verse 16, which is what Eileen just quoted us, it was not you who chose me, it was I who chose you and appointed you to go bear fruit that will remain. Uh, The next verse says this, this I command you, love one another. Not this I request of you, this, hey, if you got time to get around to it. Or or, or maybe if if you have, you know, the the good pizza and and you have the energy, I command you to love one another. And so what Paul is doing here is he's saying, this is what love looks like, brothers and sisters. We can't be commanded to feel anything. So forget that whole idea that love is a feeling. It's not. Love is a decision. And Paul's saying, if you want to love other people, this is what it looks like and and uses his letters to do it. But this letter par excellence is one of the ways. And so I'm going to hand back over to Eileen here. Well, and I love, Joe, that you just put your finger on that command, because if you look at the Old Testament, what are the commandments? The Ten Commandments. In the New Testament, like in the Gospels, what's the commandment? It's all about love. It's all about love. Like Jesus came to breathe life into the commandments as a person and who he is. It's all about love. So now I'm going to jump over to... um, the first chapter, excuse me, the first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians. And I am reading from the RSV Bible, so that is going to look different than um, probably the... I think new translations help bring the, the, the scripture to life in a new way. It, it's And so don't be afraid, brothers and sisters. Every now and then pick up a different translation and see because there may be new words, different ways of saying something that bring it to light that, that you haven't heard in a different way. So this is great. So, first of all, right off the bat, in the first chapter of Paul to the Thessalonians, in verse 4, right off the bat, for we know, brethren, beloved by God, that he has chosen you. So you look back at what we just had in John 15, 16. Um, You did not choose me, but I chose you. Think about, so first of all, Paul, John's gospel wasn't written when Paul wrote this letter to the Thessalonians. And Joe, you're the scripture scholar, not me. 100%. So, so John's gospel was not written. And so what I just think about this person of Jesus, for Paul to come in and right off the bat, he's chosen you. What does that mean? Jesus has been telling them from the very start, like, John, I chose you. And Paul, I choose you. And now Joe, I choose you. Eileen, I choose you. Like if you have not spent time praying with Jesus and with these words about what it really means for him to choose you, 
It's unbelievable. Like this, none of your life right now is a coincidence. He's chosen you. And he starts, Paul starts right off the bat. Don't you ever forget. This is not a, he chose you. And I love that, Eileen. That is, it, it's striking. And, and brothers and sisters, let that settle in your soul. Let it settle in the very foundation of who you are. Because I, I love, Eileen, your point. It's not an accident. You are chosen. But, but, let's remember, we're chosen for something. We're not chosen just so we can sit there and feel wonderful and good about it. Renee chose me to be her husband. And in choosing me, to be that way, it calls me and invites me to something new. And me choosing her, it invites us to something new. So that chosenness, in a sense, is a mission for us to love. And, and, and not only sacramentally as, as husband and wife, but what God is choosing us for is a mission. And, uh, and that's what we're talking about here. That's so good. And then um, I'm going to pop forward in the first letter of um, Thessalonians. And I like I keep thinking about it. It's like I'm going to be like a rock skipping across the water. Like I'm going to be touching a lot less than what I actually should. But but Joe, what you just said takes me to now I'm in chapter two, verse eight. So being affectionately desirous of you, we are ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. Isn't that like, isn't that, what is it to be abiding in Christ and abiding so that your fruit will abide as well? Like, what is Christ calling us to? He's calling us to live deeply in relationship with one another. And who do you do this with? We as a culture right now don't do this well at all. And we have to challenge ourselves because, so being affectionately desirous of you, we are ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves. Who do you share yourself with? Like your most vulnerable self. Who do you share that with? And Paul is saying, he's looking at them, he's saying, like, this is what we're calling to you. This is what we modeled for you. And which one of us would think in being vulnerable to another person, in sharing our deepest hopes and desires and 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 fears and all those things, that that's living the gospel. But what that does is it opens up that that relational idea. I mean, the, the last line that Eileen just said to us, um, not only the gospel of God that we're determined to share with you, not only the gospel of God, but our very selves, so dearly beloved had you become to us. I mean, that, that clearly they had shared, Paul, and, and let's say it's Silas or Timothy or whoever we're talking about here, had shared the very selves, and the Thessalonians had done the same, and that relationship was established because of it through that openness and sharing. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we don't have to be theologians to live the gospel. We have to be courageous enough and vulnerable enough to share ourselves. And it's that courage and vulnerability. And how many of us have that? That's that's starting to make us like, that makes me uncomfortable, but yet that's exactly, just exactly what we're being called to. Um, and now, Joe, if it's okay, I'm going to jump up to chapter four. I'm following along with you. Right on. Because so if you go through the, the whole the whole letter, first of all, you've got kind of the opening and then Paul's ministry. And then he talks about how much he loves them, which is a beautiful thing. But then he goes into this whole part, this chapter four is my, and mine is titled life pleasing to God. 
And he talks about like, here we come into kind of the rules and like, I don't want to say the rules, but how you can live. And so he starts talking about how to like, yeah, conduct yourselves with virtue and guard yourself. But then he says, and pardon me, I'm going to jump into this. Um, you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do love all the brethren without ma- throughout Macedonia. But we exhort you, brother, brethren, to do so more and more, to aspire to live quietly, to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we charged you. It's all like there he is. It's so simple. It's so simple. And can we just, if we can learn and truly like, if I can, if I can give myself to you and then we love authentically and loving authentically, like growing in holiness together so that we can run towards sainthood. Isn't that it? It's it's so fantastic. I mean, it's buried within this letter that it's like, okay, really people, we just aspire you to live a tranquil, tranquil life, to mind your own affairs, and to work with your own hands as we instructed you. You know, it's like that. That's living the the beauty of how God made us. That we don't have to. Well, it's interesting. I just had a uh, a little retreat with the uh, Divine Savior school teachers over here, and uh, one of the things it says: Listen, when when Jesus was commissioning the twelve, and and I read a different translation as well from the message, it said, "You don't have to go to the other end of the world, but just help the lost and those who are are lonely in your neighborhood." It's like that's that's all he's asking us to do. I mean, it's kind of like Micah. All we got to do is is live justly and and act or or, or tenderly and 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 you know. And I just screwed up Matthew six through or Micah six through eight. But that's that's it. I'm gonna jump ahead just a couple of verses, Eileen, because this is yesterday's uh, first reading, and it's one of my favorites because we use it for funerals a lot. And and I'm just gonna give you the two, the first two verses of it. It's it's uh, Thessalonians 4 verse 13 is where it starts. Two sentences. We do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, about those who have fallen asleep so that you may not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, so too will God through Jesus bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So this gets us off a little bit of the discipleship that we're calling that that Eileen's talking about. But this to me is such a hopeful gospel because Jesus, Paul is effectively saying here, brothers and sisters, we can't be like the world who sees those who have fallen asleep, what he's talking about is death here, those who have died and have no hope and say, that's it, that's the end, this is it. He says, listen, if we are people of God, we are people of hope, we are people of life, God rose Jesus, raised Jesus from the dead, and in so doing, if you and I were baptized into Christ, if we live no longer I, but Christ lives in us, if that is who we are, we need not worry at all, because that same God, through Christ, will raise us who have fallen asleep. I mean, the hope to me is so fantastic, and and what he's giving here is just a gem to the people. Yeah, and that, that to me, that's like chapter four and then chapter five in this letter. Like really people, why are we doing this? Do we believe it? Do we believe it that this is a reality? Jesus Christ is present with us and he's real and he's present and that's the hope and that's what we're running toward. That's what we're running toward. And then that takes us into today's reading. Um, 
which is glorious. Joe, do you have anything um, in particular from today's reading that you wanted to touch on? Yeah, good. (laughs) (laughs) While you're looking at what you're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about this. Again, brothers and sisters, this is so hopeful. I want to say two things, and then I'll pass it to Eileen to sum everything up. But, but the first thing, I love what he's saying. And, and first of all, I just want to say, echo Eileen's words. Brothers and sisters, I've said this before to, during reflections and, and funerals. Uh, either, either Easter is real or it's not. Either our faith is real or it's not. And, and if we are followers of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, this is the best news. That's why we call it the good news. Because, because our God is real not just then, but he's real now, here today. And I love, again, what Paul is, is he loved the church in Thessalonica here. And, and I, I'll, that'll be my last point. But the first one is the beginning of the reading we heard today. He says, listen, you don't need to be worried about times or seasons. He said, just be ready. Just be ready. You know, don't be like those people who are saying peace and security. And then all of a sudden, sudden disaster is going to fall on them. You know, and, and the image that comes to my mind is, for those of you who have seen, and I'm sure you've seen on the internet, or if you've been blessed enough to be over in Italy, you know, um, when Mount Vesuvius erupted, uh, you know, that it was so sudden that people that in the town, right underneath the mountain, didn't have time even to get up and begin running. Uh, if you look at those images on the internet, there was one mother coddling her, her baby. There's another man who was sleeping that they were caught unawares by this volcano. Brothers and sisters, what we're, Paul is talking about here is far more important than a volcano. It's, it's Christ's coming, not just at the end of time, although it is that, not just at the end of our life, although it is that. He's talking about God's coming to us today, and he's going to come to us, and we have to be awake and ready for that. And our peace and security can't be in our 401k. It can't be in our work. It can't be, you know, in, in, our, in, our, in our, what we wear. It can't be in what we drive. It can't be where we live. Our peace and our security, brothers and sisters, comes from one place, and that's from our God. And that's what he's inviting for. And to the degree that we place our feet on that foundation, he even says, you don't need to be worried about any of that stuff then. And I just simply want to say the last line. I'll give it over to Eileen for the last word. He, this is the last line in, uh, in today's reading. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, as indeed you do. Brothers and sisters, it's clear in Paul's letter, not just today's reading, but all of Paul's letter to the, the church in Thessalonica. He loved them, and they loved him. Because of this vulnerability that Eileen was talking about, because of this sharing, because they just understood and were open and and. They were in love with each other, and he compliments them all the way through. You know, that's all we're invited to be. The whole world isn't going to love you. It's not going to love me. But make sure there are people in your life that you are able to be vulnerable with, to share all those things, and to let them love you for who you truly are in there, and allow yourself to be loved, and you in turn share that, because they'll become that church of Thessalonica for you. And I think, Joe, um, you had asked me to, like, you were going to hand it back to me to sum up. And I think that last line was one of the lines I was going to point to. And isn't that church? Like, it is not. It is not this building. It is who we are together and who we are for one another. Um, 
So that line and then the very last one that I'll point to is in chapter five. So it's even past um, the reading today. today's reading. But rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Nothing's an accident. Everything is intended. He's designed it for your sanctification. And Lord Jesus, just allow us to be open to receive the gift that you are giving us through our circumstances, regardless of how we perceive them. Eileen, it has been a joy to have you on today. I am grateful not only for your presence, I'm grateful for your ministry. The church is grateful. And when I say that, I don't mean that our building here either. I mean the people of God, and, and that is so good. So uh, my friends, um, it won't be the last time Eileen is on. And uh, and if you would like to be on, I would love to have you as a guest too. Uh, just know you don't have to live next to me to be a guest. You uh, All you got to do is email me and we can set up a Zoom call. So PD is in Parish Director. And then my name, Joe Zank, J-O-E, Z is in Zebra, E and is in Nancy K at gmail.com. I would welcome that. But let's bring all this, all this we've talked about. Let's uh, bring it in prayer. Let's lay it at the feet of, uh, let's bring it to Mary, because she's going to lay it at the feet of her son, right? And uh, this is the one who invites us to be church in the world. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The second joyful mystery, the visitation. Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth in the midst of her pregnancy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. 
as it was in the beginning, it is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, thank you for being with and present and open God's word with Eileen and I today. God's blessings on the rest of your Tuesday, and I look forward to being with you again tomorrow. God's peace.